I haven't visited most of the world, but I have visited outside of the U.S. And one of the places I always go to is a bank. Banks usually have the best exchange rate for money. And if you can wait and not exchange at the airport, you'll have a better return. Now, in the USA, there's rarely a line at the bank. But in every country I've gone to, the banks in Costa Rica, Nicaragua, El Salvador, Mexico, you better be prepared to wait more than an hour outside to see a teller. That is why today I want to talk about banking. Well, specifically the taking of payments or payment processors. And I want to tell you what PayPal tried to slip through. And if you don't know what they did and you aren't horrified at the end of this episode, you have a stomach of steel. It's Monday, October 10th, and this is The Brew House. So yeah, I was going to do a Rivian weekend review. I have a couple hundred miles on it. I wanted to talk about things that I like and don't like, but honestly, this PayPal thing made me stop in my tracks, and I and I knew this was going to be my Monday's episode. I did get a lot accomplished over the weekend. I have a 1984 Chevy K10 Silverado edition. I got it running, and the boys and I cut wood. Their nephew joined in the fun. And honestly, it took less time to split the entire truck bed of wood than it did to unload it. Like, less than an hour for enough wood to last me all winter. We'll be going back next weekend and maybe doing two more truckloads. Then, I think, all the wood will be split and ready for use. It's nice to work ahead. Ethan's high school is letting him do some kind of, like, self-study geometry. And as long as he passes the test, he won't have to take the class and gets all of the credits. I ask him every weekend, do you have your geometry done yet? And this weekend, he responded that he did. And his uh, last three lessons are done. Although, I'm not sure of his claim that when he says, I'll never use geometry again, Dad. I don't think that'll hold water. We'll see. After he told me, uh, it did feel good to be done, and he doesn't have to think about it anymore. As I mentioned in the introduction, we're spoiled banking in the United States. You can pick your bank, and there are many choices, like do you want a national bank or a hometown bank or one of those credit unions? So many options, and if you don't like it, you can get a cashier's check or wire the money to a new bank when you're done with them. That's awesome. Credit processors are another animal entirely. What a credit processor does, it acts as an intermediary for your money uh, from you and the company that you're buying from. Take, for instance, if you go to the store and you buy something, you either hand your credit card to the cashier or tap, insert yourself. The store uses a third party to process this payment. You probably have heard of companies like Square, Clover, Merchant One. There's really an endless list of companies that do the transactions. Their job is to take the money from, say, your Visa and put it in the store's bank account. Now, these processors have rules about what can be sold. For example, some transactions are high risk, say, like calling a 1-900 number. Someone could easily say my credit card was stolen and that wasn't me and do a chargeback. The credit card companies are responsible for these chargebacks and they hit the processor and the store to get the money back. I've experienced this in my own working life as I'm a part owner of an outdoor store and we sell guns, knives, anything outdoorsy or gun related. We in fact lost two processors before we found one willing to take the risk with us. And what I really mean is the risk. We don't even take credit cards online. Every transaction is run in the store with the person standing there. We have cameras, and of course we have the logbook and the 4473, the government form they have to fill out. I just think maybe sometimes certain credit processors don't want to be attached to certain things that are sold, albeit legally, but what do I know? All of us also know about the terms of ser- terms of services. 
There's those really long things that you agree to when you sign up for a new iPhone or install some software, or even just signing up for a Google account. You get hit with pages long docu documentation. What the company is gonna do for you and what you aren't allowed to do. Like Google probably has a clause in there that says you can't hack us. From time to time, companies do update the terms of service. Sometimes they're also called acceptable use policies to reflect changes in their business model or maybe add a new product offering or something along those lines. Which, with all that long-winded stuff I just talked about, finally brings us to PayPal. Sometime between Saturday night, Sunday morning, PayPal updated their acceptable use policy and stated prohibited act activities such as the uh, ending, posting, or publication of messages, content, or materials that meet certain criteria. Anything that was found to promote misinformation would be punished with liquidated damages of $2,500. A what now? a $2,500 fine, like the company that is normally directly connected to your bank account or has access to that Amex gold you're carrying around can just decide to fine you $2,500. And we all know PayPal is great with communication to its customers, like when it closes down accounts for users for seemingly no reason or warning, or, or, or they don't even give them a warning when they lock their funds. If you don't believe uh, that they that they do this, you can do an anecdotal Google search by literally typing PayPal closed my account. But don't worry, everyone out there. PayPal says this was a complete mistake. And they stated this morning, an acceptable use policy notice recently went out in error that included incorrect information. A PayPal spokesperson said PayPal is not fining people for misinformation. And this language was never intended to be inserted in our policy. Our teams are working to correct our policy pages. We're sorry for the confusion this caused. Okay. What does that mean? Never meant to be inserted. But yet it was. And it was reviewed. And it was sent out the door. And put on their site. Seemingly with many checks. I doubt one lawyer wrote and reviewed this. A company like PayPal probably has inside and outside counsel to write things like an acceptable use policy. And I know myself very well. It's very normal for me to go into an attorney's office and float a stupid idea that I never intend to go public with. Yeah, bullshit. Why would I waste my time and money having a lawyer write stupid nonsensical babble unless I meant for them to write it? And then from there, have it be reviewed probably multiple times and put on the website, set to take effect sometime in the beginning of November. And I'm very sure that the Twitter craziness and people shutting down their accounts had absolutely nothing to do with PayPal backpedaling. No, the likely scenario is someone put uh, together complete sentences and targeted anyone posting misinformation stating they would find them $2,500 if the misinformation was deemed misinformation. <laughs> then they all sat down, reviewed the, reviewed the whole policy, and blessed it, and put it on their website. This is the type of hacky bullshit we expect from a startup just trying to get their name out there, but not someone who has, uh, who has become somewhat of a standard in the payment processing business. And nowhere in this incoherent rambling from PayPal did they define what misinformation is. We've seen things go back and forth throughout the COVID pandemic that one day were labeled misinformation and the next day it was just information. Could we then find PayPal $5,000 for being thugs and punishing us because they thought we said something that was misinformation but was actually just information? Let me step back here. That got pretty heated and I said a lot of bad words. I'm sorry, mom. 
I still agree that a private company is allowed to do whatever the hell they want as long as it's within the bounds of the law. This is something that you literally have to vote on with your wallet. If after all of my rambling, you still think PayPal put that in their AUP or acceptable use policy accidentally, good on you. I hope this makes Bitcoin adoption go through the roof because the time when a company can control your speech by just fining you every time you say something they don't like is not a time that I want to live in. And that'll do it for today. Have a great Monday.